Welcome to the Home Team Podcast. Steve Carter here, and today we are going to take an inside look at what sheltering in place, what COVID-19 has actually done in us, and what that has meant for our home life. Sam Ponder, take it away. So one of the funny things about uh, saying that you're going to do a podcast where you go there, right? We've said that a lot, that we have conversations that maybe other people might shy away from, or maybe even uh, we shy away from at times, is then like people expect you to actually do that. <laughs> and tonight was one of those nights, at least for me, where I felt all week, like, man, I, I feel like we need to talk about marriage and family and what that looks like in this season of, um, let's just call it togetherness, if, if you will. Um, and then everything in me, was like, no, no, don't do that. Absolutely do not do that. You don't want to go uh, down that path because you're probably going to end up saying some things that you were comfortable saying in your closet recording, but maybe not wanting the world to hear. But yeah, so when I presented this idea to you guys approximately uh, 37 seconds ago, I could see on both of your faces <laughs> that you feel the same way I do in terms of like, hey, this is one of those issues right now that's still tender, right? In so many ways, because I don't know if you guys are like me in this, but my fear, anytime I talk about marriage, especially, and with family too, but my kids are little, so they can't really speak up for themselves. Um, my fear is that my husband is somewhere listening to this being like, excuse me, what? <laughs> like, uh, that's not true, or that's not accurate, or that's not the way I see it. And um, so you can't really hide, at least in my opinion. This is one of those issues where there's another adult out there who knows the, the real story and there's some accountability there. So with all that being said, and trust me, I am going to, to share, but uh, Sam, I think you wanted to, <laughs> to start things off. I hate you. <laughs> and hate is a strong word. <laughs> So no, we brought this and up. Especially coming from you. <laughs> we, no, we brought this up. And that's the thing. And I, I, I was shaking my head too, because it's one of those things where, I mean, Steve, you and I talked about, and Sam, we all talked about being real on this podcast. And so Sam, you brought this topic up, but we got to go there. And for me, the first thing that comes to mind, the reason why I'm shaking my head, and Sam, I agree with you in that you, it's like, you can't make things up because there's somebody right there who can say, nope, that's right. No, that's wrong. Well, what happened to me, just in this whole COVID situation, being at home, it actually has been really positive. I I try, I mean, a lot of us travel, but for my job, training camp, we're gone a long time. We travel every weekend. So for me to be home has been positive for me. Uh, maybe not so as much as positive for my wife, um, but I think it's been good. But but the, the the major downside is for me has been keeping my word. That has been the biggest thing because it's like so often you're met with these opportunities to keep your word. Steve talked about it on a previous episode. Did you Did you have integrity today? And that's been the toughest part for me. A couple of weeks ago, I was doing an Instagram story about how every Sunday we do church at home and dress the kids up and we get in the car and you know do our whole deal. And so I was going to make some videos and, and pictures for this story. And my wife is, she and I are opposite, which are probably why we attracted. I'm always like, let me talk to everybody and be in front of everybody and pictures and videos and show the world. And she's like, nah, don't put me on there. <laughs> do not put me on your Instagram, on your Twitter. I just don't, that's just not my thing. I mean, we could do maybe a picture here and there, but no. And so I was like, yeah, cool. No big deal. We'll be fine. And so I had, so we were doing our, 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 our the story, right? Which had thousands of views. I thought it was great. And uh, 
we uh, you know, had some pictures of the kids and the videos of us walking to church and some pictures and videos of us you know, singing and dancing and worshiping and all that. And as I go to post it, something in me was like, hey, I probably should ask my wife if this is okay to post her out there. But it's not that big of a deal. She'll be fine. Not, not worry about it. Well, fast forward, I just go ahead and I post the pictures and the videos. And, and people were messaging me like, oh, this is great. What an encouragement. Thank you so much. This is, you're amazing. And my wife was like, hey, what'd you post? And I'm like, oh, just some of what we did on Sunday. And, and she's like, let me see. And I look at it. And when I say like, she got so upset, so upset, not because of the, the videos and pictures that I posted of me and the kids or even the picture that I posted, posted of us as a family. It wasn't that. But she was like, hey, like when I worship, like for me, this church thing is not a game. Like it's not like a joke. It's not like when I worship, I'm giving my all to the Lord. And so there was a video that you posted of us worshiping and I didn't want that out there. And you told me you weren't going to post it. So why'd you post it? And I had no words. I had no words. And I, it was just one of those things where, I mean, and I went back and I deleted it from my story and all that, but it was one of those things where I had to ask my question, the question of who am I living for their applause or their acceptance? I had thousands of people saying, I mean, that's the most activity my Instagram has gotten in, in months. Thousands of people saying, man, you're great. You're awesome. So amazing. You love God and your kids. You're leading your kids. But the person who's most important or who should be most important is looking at me sideways because I didn't keep my word. So I, I think a lot of us, I just wonder how many other of us are met with realities of that, of, of just keeping your word. It could be a big thing, could be a small thing, a small promise of, hey, I'm not going to post this video or post this specific picture. Hey, I'm going to do, I'm going to show up here and not show up here. And I think a lot of times I I, I don't keep my keep my end of the bargain. It's such a fascinating thing because I keep thinking how awesome it would be to have our our spouses like have their own podcast right now, like called the Away Team. And uh, like that is incorrect. Can we cancel that? Please edit that out. <laughs> and they're like, well, what Steve really meant to say, what's really going on? Um, and and I think I think you named something. Acho is like we married opposites attract, you know, and uh, my wife is discerning, she is strong, um, and yet she doesn't crave uh, being in front of people. You know, like she is an artist and a feeler. Um, and it's it's amazing because I think what drew us together, uh, she, I feel like, just grounds me in so many ways. And then I think in, in ways I kind of pull her out of her shell. And there's something really, really beautiful. The unique piece has been when you've had work to go. So like eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, you know, you're, you're training, you're, you're somewhere I'm like working or traveling, you know, but then you'd come back and you'd have all these like stories to tell. Now it's, it's, what's amazing is now you have these opposites that have attracted and it's the constant pursuit of oneness 24 seven with no space and adding kids with no with school but it's like homeschool and it's just a it, it's like a whole entire new game like I, I feel like it's like quoting the last dance you know it's like we were playing like center big man focused basketball and the entire game just changed overnight 
And I think like, I'm still trying to run plays for how it was done in 2019 and the whole system has changed. And I think that's fascinating what it draws out, both good, bad, and really, really ugly um, because it's, it's just a new day. Yeah, I think we're still in the, just being honest, like we're still in the, in the bad season of adjusting to this in terms of like, we're, we're realizing things or I'll speak for myself since he's not here. I mean, he still lives here. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't, it hasn't gotten that bad. Um, but no, I think to your point, Steve, about being able to, to go and, and Sam, your, your point about being so different, but that for a while being sustainable because like you said, it it gives you something to talk about or conversations to be had when you are just with each other all day, every day. I know for me, it has exposed things that I think were there all along, but I was just distracted, right? So if there was a part of me that um, felt a twinge of like unforgiveness on like a past thing, I mean, Christian and I, I've shared a little bit of our story before, but we got married so quickly and only dated for three months and then had a long distance marriage for the first couple of years. I mean, literally, we're only seeing each other like on Mondays or Tuesdays and then had three kids right in a row. So we're still in a lot of ways, we've been married seven and a half years, but we're still getting to know each other. So this is the opposite extreme, right? And I think, um, you know, a lot of NFL families actually are, are used to this concept because you go from not seeing them at all to all of a sudden, I mean, every NFL wife I've known is like, um, come March and that's only like two months, one month for something. It's like, don't you have somewhere to be? <laughs> like they're home all the time. But this has been an extreme version of this because even normally, like when Christian was playing, you're going somewhere to work out. I mean, he'd be gone half the day training with people. And then, you know, you're golfing or you're doing, I don't know, whatever these guys do (laughs) when they were gone all that time. Now I have been confronted by things that I think early on in our marriage, I was able to, um, deal with and manage, not because I was strong, but because I was busy. So forgiveness has been one of them that I've just been thinking about a lot recently, where I grew up in an environment where forgiveness was, it was a given, right? Of course, you're going to forgive someone when they wrong you. But I never really learned what that looks like. And um, I love Tim Keller talks about how that forgiveness costs you something, that it doesn't, you know, the feeling of sadness or whatever doesn't necessarily go away. It's that when you feel that sadness or resentment or whatever, you take it on yourself. So you almost feel the pain of what happened and choose just like Christ did, that we believe he did choose to take that on instead of putting it back on the other person. All that to say, there have been so many times over these last couple weeks where something will come up or I'll notice something just from being in close proximity where I thought I dealt with it five years ago and it pops in my mind now. And I don't think, in a way, I feel like it's been a gift that that's come up because I think it was there the whole time But before it was like, oh, I'm at Target or I'm at work or I'm at, so it it just, we didn't even realize that things were as bad as they were 
because we were distracted. And I know we've talked about this before, guys, but sometimes I feel like this whole thing, and I'm constantly looking for silver lining, so I don't want anyone to assume I'm saying like, oh, it's all been great. But I think in some ways it's forced me, and I know for Christian also, forced us to slow down and take inventory. <laughs> like, where are we actually at? Not where does it seem like we're at when we, you know, check in a couple times a day. Like, what is our relationship actually like right now? So I said that we're still in the bad phase. I don't mean that in like, oh, this is going to last forever. I just think you have to let yourself go through the process of dealing with the stuff that's down there so that you're not just continually putting Band-Aids on stuff. That's so good. Isn't it fascinating when you're so busy, I think we're constantly at a subconscious level thinking, do I have the time or margin to actually deal with this? That's not that big of a deal. But it, what it's doing though, is it's like almost chipping away at the relational bank account. And so at times you have like a great date and you have like amazing connection and you, that you're like, you've got positive override. And so you can just keep going, stay busy. And it might just take a a little deposit here, a little deposit there. But when all of a sudden you get stuck in this season where there isn't like you can go to the gym, work out, there isn't, you're, you're there. All of a sudden, I think you're confronted with, do I have positive override or do I have negative override? And I think in those places, like you said, I love that Keller analogy. Man, I, I don't know if I've like released this. I've like almost just added it and like continuing to carry this weight. And, you know, one of the, the, the great words for forgiveness, there's two of them that are used in the New Testament, but one of them, aphemi means to like release. And sometimes like when you take that, as Keller was saying, but then learning to like release it. And I realize I'm good at taking it and I'm good at holding it. Like because I might need a, a bailout sometime. <laughs> I might need a little, hey, remember when? And yet that part of like learning to release and then learning to go, the gift is the time and fighting for that connection, fighting for that oneness, fighting for that. But man, it's, it is a new muscle um, that, man, I, I have not been training for. Steve, what does that look like for you as someone who's been, how long have you been married now? 16 years. 16 years. So you're way ahead of Sam and I. So we need all the help we can get. Like in <laughs> terms of fighting for connection, because this is actually something that Christian and I have been talking about recently. I think we both got so into our own things that it was like, we were just distracted. And I think we didn't, it wasn't a matter of disliking each other. It was just not being purposeful and intentional. Like our intentionality was things like, and again, we've got three kids under five, so some of this is seasonal, but I also think it's important to like really talk through where you're at. Some of it for us was because we were living in New York City, you know, date nights were really fun, right? So you'd have these issues during the week, like like you said, little things here and there where you're annoyed by this or you lose, like Sam was saying about like not keeping his word on something, like if that would happen with Christian or with me, in the moment it would be like, I can't believe this. But then like somebody needs their diaper changed, whatever. And then it's, but you don't realize that that is destroying trust, right? But then it's date night on a Tuesday night and you're at some great restaurant and it's like, oh, things are fine, you know? And you, you don't really ever deal with like the root issues. And the reason I'm asking this, Steve, is like, 
one of the things I've always been afraid of, especially because of the reason uh, how Christian and I met, that we were both kind of in like peaks in our life in terms of money and notoriety and all that kind of stuff, that I was afraid that when inevitably there would be valleys that we wouldn't have the same connection because our connection was based off of all those great feelings we were having at that time. So we, when we took our engagement pictures, we actually took like half of them at uh, the city bus stop in downtown Phoenix. And then some at this like laundromat I used to go to. Just as a reminder to me, like, I don't want this to be a life is great on vacation and in a limo type of marriage. And then when things start crumbling, which they always do, that is gone. So that was a long-winded way of asking you, what are the things that you have learned to do to create connection and fight for connection, like you were saying, when it's not naturally there? I think one of the things that we've done is we always, like in seasons, have like fought for a rally cry. So it's almost like an anthem um, that will just kind of, it's just something that we'll say to each other. It almost is um, a little tongue in cheek. It's just something like that just reminds us that we're on the same team. And so uh, for us, like even if you saw certain Instagram posts, you might see Sarah sometimes will just write W-A-T-W, which is we against the world. And she's like, it's just us against the world. Like, as long as we're okay, we can face any valley. We can face any storm. If we're disconnected, this is not going to be good. So that just became this, like, anthem. Two, for me, I think I've had to learn how to ensure that my family gets the best of my creative energy. In a world of content, in a world of relationships, um, I struggle at times to ensure that she gets the best of my creativity. And I think sometimes my teachings or my writings or other things I'm thinking gets the best of that. So in this season, that's just been something that we've talked about. And so um, for Sarah, it quality time is a really, really important thing. She wants to know like, hey, like, am I that important? Or do you wanna just get out of the house? Like, do you wish you could be on a plane somewhere else? Do you wish, um, and so for us, we try to think really, really simple and super practical. So rally cry, super simple, super practical is, man, it's a gift to be in Phoenix. Um, we're not being fined a thousand dollars like if you lived in California to be walking without like a you know an N95 mask. We can we can walk out on these desert trails behind our house, and so we just do that. We we do a probably a forty five minute check in walk every day. And we're lucky because our kids are a little bit older. Um, so that's super helpful. But that is like a time just to say, hey, what are you working on? Hey, what are you, how can I help you? You know, what's really going on? Um, what, what are you really processing? What are you really grieving? And that, that 45 minutes um, just has been, uh, I just feel like a game changer. And then, and then I think um, for us, it's like, where can you have the windows where, hey, this is like really good family time. And then this is a time where, hey, it's okay that the kids are on, on screens, but we're going to have a little like uh, Taco Tuesday and just like 
eat outside and just connect. Like I think last episode, Sam or one of them, you were talking about doing Chick-fil-A um, that you guys had, you know, just out on the Oh, lawn. yeah, when I forgot my anniversary. Yeah, thanks for the reminder, <laughs> Steve. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but I, <laughs> I feel bad. I forgot about that. Oh, but it's been no, a rough that couple was a, weeks. That was a subtle shot. Okay, was a, no. I'll, I'll take it. That's not your real anniversary. I got your back. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but, uh, but I just think it's playful and it's like, like, hey, we're just going to throw a picnic or we're going to do something. I think what, what chips away at our relationship is when I'm not thoughtful. I'm not keeping up my end of the bargain where uh, I'll do this. I'll say I do this and I won't do it. Um, or I just go in my head and I start just like trying to create and not giving my family the best. And so that's just been something simple, practical, rally cry, walking, just talking about like how we're doing in like remaining with Christ and how in what ways we can serve our kids well in this season. But it's just trying to be really honest and human has been beneficial for us. And then also finding a great show for us just to watch. We'll need like a good Wait, show. so what is your, you can't just drop that. You have to tell us what it is. Right now, I'm going to totally get just blown up um, probably by some people, but Ozark. Oh, I don't know, but is that Netflix? It is. It is. Jason Bateman, Money Laundering. It's fantastic. So. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Sounds exciting. We went back to, we're, we're, lame I guess is the word um so for a while there we were binging Little House on the Prairie and that is a, a true story oh my goodness um, <laughs> I needed some this is while we were in New York to be fair and I feel like when you live in New York sometimes you just need an escape of like remind me of happier times <laughs> when things were simple when people were starving on the Oregon Trail or whatever <laughs> random side <laughs> note so I went to I went to college with baby Grace I mean, look. and she just wrote a devotional. It's amazing, but it's all about the little house on the that prairie. That is an amazing side note. I know, but side now, note. okay, now I, cool. I need a little cool. more street cred than that. <laughs> yeah. um, I uh, we have upgraded. Now we are on season like 157 of Blue Bloods, which I am. I am all in on Blue Bloods, and I know yes. maybe that's also lame, but that's where <laughs> I'm at. Sam, do you have any contributions? I don't really watch TV. <laughs> Look how holy so Sam like, Macho is. No, it's Sam not even just holy, studies like... the scriptures in the evenings <laughs> while Steve is no. sitting on the couch <laughs> and I'm watching Little House on the Prairie. I don't watch TV, man. I don't even know. Like, I don't like growing up, it's not even a side note, but I don't know. I just, I don't, I'm not a big TV person. It was funny, not a big TV or like movie. Like, people give. TV and movie references all the time. And I'm like, yeah, great. Never seen it. No idea what you're talking about, right? And so even before I got married, funny enough, um, like my friends and teammates would joke, be like, bro, like how do you not know any of these shows and movies and whatever? And I was like, crap, when I get married, like my wife's going to be looking at me the same way. Like hey, you, you, you haven't watched movie X, Y, and Z. And so by the grace of God, my wife is from Nigeria and many a movie in America or TV show she hasn't watched either. But the coolest thing for me um, not the coolest thing, but I would say the thing that's been most helpful for me in this time, and I think I learned it because we're going, I think we're six years or so married. What I've learned is not to listen to people and their advice, if that makes any sense. Well, talk about that. Please continue. Well, I guess I think a bigger thing is like hearing my wife more than hearing other people. For example, Steve, you talked earlier about 
or no, Sam, it was you who talked about not having this like fantasy marriage of like, yeah, every weekend we're in the Bahamas or we're on this high, you know, doing these million dollar vacations. And, and like, I'm very, anybody who knows me, I'm like super just basic, low key, chill. And my wife is very similar. And so we try to keep things very low key, but there'll be times where, whether it's my brother or a friend will be like, man, Y'all need to, y'all got all this money. Go let's take this lavish vacation. Leave the kids and do it. Go take a week here and there. And then I'll be like, well, let's do it. Let's do it. Then I'll talk to my wife and she'll be like, I'm not trying to leave my kids for a week. I'm not trying to leave my kids. For like, and we have five under, we have five un, pretty much under five or three under five under five. I was five say, you added two we kids have, in the uh, last couple of weeks. We have three under, uh, it, you know, COVID has it's been good. No, but uh, we. Uh, <laughs> it feels like we, five. <laughs> Once you have three, five, it might as well be five. Yeah, but the thing, like the thing is for me, has just been like really just asking my wife, what is it that you want to do? So, for example, like one thing that's been big for us that we've talked about is like date nights, right? So, what is a date? You know, the guy who trains me, he actually, he's a believer as well. His name is Tommy Christian. And we're doing virtual training now. He's based out of Chicago. I'm in Phoenix. And every now and we'll obviously talk about sports, but every now and again, he'll say, hey, man, how's your marriage? How's your marriage doing? And funny enough, the last time he asked me, it really wasn't doing, going very well. Um, And I'm a guy, I'm a guy who, like, my wife really pushes me. Like, she, both literally and figuratively, like, I remember when we first got married, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to sleep in. She's like, get your butt out of bed. And I'm like, I'm in, I'm in the league. Who do, you, who do you think you are? She's like, get your butt out of bed and go get this workout in. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'd actually like to hire right? her. Yes. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> you know? But it was like a balance, right? Because she learned like, hey, there's a balance of like pushing and saying, okay, when is he going to find, like, how am I going to, when is the time I do what I do? But anyways, saying that to say that, so like for us, like I'm, it's me asking her, what is the things you want to do? So for dates... Like, she's not a movie person or a TV show person. Like, for her, it's conversations. It's me listening to her. Not necessarily quality time or you could maybe you could say active service, but it's more like, hey, I want you to hear me. And what I mean by that is, like, there would be specific things that for me, it's like, it's not that big of a deal, right? Like, it's, she might mention something about her brother who's in D.C. or one of her other brothers who's in Nigeria who's got X, Y, and Z going on. I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever, no big deal. Then a week or two later, after me not listening, she'll end up essentially getting what she needed to get done through a different channel. And I'll look back and be like, whoa, I thought I was supposed to, what about me? I'm the man and I'm the guy. I'm the, you know what I mean? I'd actually had a conversation with one of my friends a couple last week about this whole thing. Like, how do I lead my wife well? And he's like, dude, don't, don't lead her, listen to her. Like, that's how you lead. Like, look at what Jesus did. Jesus wasn't going around telling people, go here, do that. He was serving. So your question really should be, how do you serve her well? And so this time, I'll call it alone, if you will, like not being able to escape has really forced me to listen because oftentimes there'll be conversations where I'm too busy to have. I'm on my way out of the house or on my way. I just got back in or we got to find some time to get it. And now there's no running from these conversations. And they're not even big and bad things, but it's whether it's about family or dreams or goals or sacrifice, there's no more running from these conversations. And so just going back to the to the date thing, for us, it's just conversations. I'm a quality time person. And also I think, well, let's let's do dinner. Let's do a movie. Let's go here. Let's go there. But we also have young kids and and we don't really trust uh, people always watching our kids. And so oftentimes we'll just put the kids down and we'll start, we'll just talk. We'll have some time. We'll, like, we'll talk or we'll just eat. We might order some food or something. But I'll still be like, we got to go. Let's go somewhere. Let's do a date. Let's do a date. She's like, what is this? I'm like, well, we're talking. We're hanging out. What do you consider a date? 
talking, hanging out. Um, you know, what else are we do? We're eating good food. What do you consider eating good food? She's like, this is good for me. This is good for me. I don't need more than this right now. I don't. So you can try and make this big, bad, extravagant thing, but it's actually probably going to be more draining to me than beneficial for me. And so like two things, one, wrapping my head around that was hard because I'm thinking, well, I got to, and not to say I don't, you know, take her out on the town type of thing. Not to say I don't do that, but I'm thinking every date night, it's got to be this extravagant thing. And for her, it's like, no, I don't need that every day, right? Because oftentimes we put our kids to bed early often days. And so we're every, almost every night we're chopping it up, talking, just hanging, just spending time with each other, you know? And so that was one thing. And the second thing was not listening to people. People, let's say it's my brother or friends or family or parents who are saying, I keep on bringing up my brother, right? <laughs> Emmanuel gives me bad advice. Um, he ain't married. He ain't married yet. So he's, been talk- he's like, man, you, you it's know- always the single people that give all the marriage advice. Yes. Yes. But he's like, you know, <laughs> you should do this with your wife or do that. Or what do y'all, you know, take her, take her there, take her there. Or take her here, take her there. And, and I'll ask her. And she'll be like, no, I'm good. I don't need it. <laughs> so what you're telling us is you hit the jackpot. That's I've, that's really what oh, I've taken from this whole conversation. Straight up. <laughs> Y'all sleep. So my wife, and that's been the biggest thing. And it's been super, um, what is the word? Like, I'm so grateful. But also, I'm having to check myself, too. Because, prime example, the last dance was premiering. What was it? Six o'clock Phoenix time. And usually the beds are, aren't, the kids aren't asleep until seven. And so, but I told my wife, I said, hey, I really want to watch this show. Can we get the kids down early? Yada, yada, yada. And she's like, yeah, cool. Do your thing. No big deal. Right? So we like had moved dinner up, got the kids down early. And then all of a sudden, it was time for me and my show. And something hit me about after episode one, <laughs> where it was like, I was like, I've been craving time with my wife. And now, finally, the kids are asleep. My wife is chilling. And I'm sitting here watching this show. Sam, put the remote down and go talk to your wife. You are a better man than me. But I, did, I mean, it took me like, I got through 1.5 episodes. I got through like, I was like, okay, the last 30 minutes I'll sacrifice. You know, but like, but I almost had this regret or remorse afterwards of like, dude, what was I doing? You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've been craving time. Like, we were in an argument a week and a half ago over nothing. And I finally realized it was because we hadn't had like 10 minutes just to sit and talk. It's been kids. It's been my workouts. It's been trying to make sure we got food, like groceries, all this stuff. And we're fight, we're arguing, arguing, arguing. And like I said, my wife is like, she's out there with me. Like, hey, let's get this workout in. Like, I'll do whatever we need to do. And we had this disagreement. So it was hard for me to really go and finish my workout. And so finally I said, let's just cut this whole thing. Let's just talk. I just sat down because I was getting upset. And, I, and the Lord was telling me like, dude, let it go. Like the thing you're mad about, it's not even important. Let it go. And I'm having, as I'm talking with my wife, I'm having this mini argument with God of like, no, I don't, I'm trying, but I can't. I can't let it go. I can't, as you would say, Sam, forgive. I cannot forgive. And so finally, I just, we just sat down and it was 11.50 and my wife already had some food on the stove um, for lunch at 12 and we just talked. We just talked. And in my mind, I'm like, well, shoot, we, we only got 10 minutes because you got to go feed the kids again, you know? These, these kids, they need to eat, unfortunately, you know? And, um, but funny enough, like we talked and she, it was almost as if she was like, I don't care. Like if the, I don't care about the food on the stove. I don't care about the kids. Let's give you what you need essentially, you know? And the crazy thing happened in that, in those eight minutes, it was 1152 and we were out of there about 12, but those eight minutes of us just talking, like everything I was holding onto went away. It went away. And all I needed was time, but not like, two ships passing in the sale time, just quality time, like, hear me, 
listen to me. And then fast forward a day or two later, we get some more time for her to unload some of the stuff that was going on with her. That I didn't, I was too busy even in these last couple month, weeks and months to listen to. I mean, unloading stuff from back in November and December that we hadn't even processed, that I hadn't asked about. And it almost left me feeling a little bit ashamed of like, dude, what kind of husband am I? Like, this is stuff that I should be knowing about and I haven't even asked my wife about it. And I can't be mad at her because she's, she's, a, she's ready to talk, but I'm always too busy. And so anyways, the biggest things I've learned are number one, like listening to her like hearing her heart, if you will, like what is she really trying to say when she, you know, my wife doesn't, you know, mince words, she'll tell you, but for me, it's like, ah, not a big deal. It's like, no, this is a big deal for me. And number one, then also not caring as much of what people on the outside have to say or think about me and my marriage, because it always ends up working out against me. I think that's really, really powerful. I mean, like in the sense of like learning to listen, I grew up in Southern California and I'd probably say like 50% of my friends, both their parents worked. And and then 50%, one of them was at home and one of them was kind of the primary uh, breadwinner. I think for like our generation, you're seeing more where there are two people who are working and yet there's like this two becoming one. But I often find like in marriages one really wins and the other totally has to like get on board. But for both of you, how's that looked? I mean, ponder like, you know, for you and Christian, how have you guys, this two become one and you kind of alluded to it. You both have unique careers doing unique things, making space for each other to flourish. You know, Sam and Gazi's as deep as they come. But I mean, like, you're you're uh, beloved everywhere you go, talented. What does making space for her uniqueness look like? And um, my wife's an artist, and I think that's been one of the biggest struggles where, man, I, I get all these amazing opportunities. I get to go travel. I get to go speak. Um, sometimes all she wants to be is locked up in a studio for two hours and just paint, you know? And part of me has had to learn how do I say no to things so that she can feel the freedom to say yes to the gifts that God's given to her. But like, what does that look like for, for you two? How do, how do you make space for your spouse's unique gifts and abilities, especially in a COVID-19 world? Yeah. Geez. I mean, we're, this is not me giving advice. We, we, <laughs> we have no clue what we're doing and we're, we're figuring it out as we go. I think it has helped a lot. Even things like, like the Enneagram kind of figuring out how we are different because the, the crazy thing is, and this is obviously so naive of me, was so naive of me. When we first got married, I mean, we were around the same age. We both loved football. We both worked in that world. We had, um, a lot of, surface level similarities, but <laughs> turns out we're very different, <laughs> you know, like time goes by and we realize I engage more with people and feel closer to people through like deep conversation or, I mean, shoot, my version of deep conversation. I'm not saying I'm C.S. Lewis over here, but deep conversation, 
maybe even argument sometimes, not in like a, I'm not a yeller or anything like that, but I like to debate and to really engage, even if it gets a little intense sometimes, just because I grew up doing that. My dad's an attorney and I grew up in a house where like, that's how we connected was everybody kind of gave their opinion and then you defend your opinion. And Christian is a pleaser. <laughs> so for a while, I'm like, wow, this guy agrees with me on everything. <laughs> like, I hit the jackpot. I basically married myself. Well, it turns out <laughs> that's not actually what he thought. And it's been great because I think um, being married to each other, in some ways, um, we've both kind of loosened the grip on those things. So I am learning from him the value of peace in a home the value of deferring where normally I'd be like, eh, actually, I don't want to do that. I'm learning the value of just being like, Hey, what, up? what do you want to do? You know? And he has learned the value, I think. And we've seen this time and time again of like just being the decision maker and being the one that says like even simple stuff, like this is what we're going to eat. You know, that's so natural for me. Um, and it's been, I think, it's required grace from both of us to do the opposite. So for him to be like, Hey, this is what we're having for dinner tonight. <laughs> and again, this is such a stupid little thing, but these are the things during this quarantine that are becoming bigger things because I don't know about <laughs> y'all's homes, but I feel like half of the conversation we have is about food. <laughs> like, what are we going to eat? When's the next meal? What's, <laughs> you know, cause it's like, it's groundhog day like that. But I think, um, all that to say, I feel like in so many ways, the gift of this season relationally has been to learn to value those differences. Whereas before it was like, I could still kind of live my own thing, you know? And, and what you guys were talking about, Sam, when you, when you said that about watching, uh, the last dance, which by the way, there is an alternative. Christian and I walked to watch together. So I don't know if Ngazi's sold on MJ yet, but, um, you're going to need to work on that. And then okay. you can have both. You can have together time and watch what you want. But I think your point, and, and we have seen this and done this the wrong way so many times, especially when you have little kids, you spend all day just what I call surviving, not thriving. Like you're just wiping butts and feeding kids and, you know, just getting through. Like we are in that season of life. And yes, still trying to be intentional and teach and all that. But really like we're getting to bath time and feeling like a sense of accomplishment. After that, we realized what we kind of naturally did. We never had a conversation about it. I would kind of come back to my side and he would go over and do his thing. And I think it was in the name of, oh, I've got some work stuff to do or emails or whatever. But then it became like, that's your respite. That's your, um, so it was, it was separation in a way that I think created more separation because then your thoughts of like what it means to relax is without that other person and without connection. I'm the first person to say I need time alone. Like I, even if it's just a walk by myself, but I also think it's been unhealthy during this quarantine to not be purposeful about finding time after a long day to still connect in some way. And to be honest, guys, I'll take, I'll take any, um, suggestions you have on what that should look like, because I, you know, by the time you get just being real practical, like by the time the kids get down, 
it's dark and I don't really want to like go sit outside in the dark. And then I don't really feel like watching a show as much as the last dance thing was great. Generally speaking, like that's not creating conversation because I get super annoyed when people try and talk to me during a show. <laughs> so maybe that's a me problem. But how we've already eaten dinner at five because we're like 95 years old. I don't know what connection looks like in a practical day like that. You know, I, I don't know. I'll take any suggestions you got. I think you're naming it, right? Like you're naming exactly how I'm sure everyone on the planet, like we don't have muscles for this, you know, um, because typically, you know, someone's most likely coming home at five. They've been with their team. They're super excited. They might've been tired, but it's like, oh, I get these time with my kids. I get this time with my spouse. I get like, there's like a, a sense of jolt of energy and kind of just even it being switched up a little bit. Now it's, oh my goodness, like there is no space. Like your your house has turned into a home office, a home school. You're like rationing off things. Like you you know it, it's all the conversations. You don't want to turn on the news. Like it's just it's it's such a bizarre time. And then you can't like if you live near your parents, you can't see your in law. Like it's it's just kind of like a time where there is no muscles. And I think you just got to look creatively and go, is there a window where you and Christian and it's like like Sam's 11.52 a.m. That, there was eight minutes there. But like, where are those moments where, hey, like 10 o'clock, we're okay. Like we got, we can put the kids. 10 o'clock? Dude, we're going to bed at like no, nine. No. Hold I'm up. Saying, I'm saying 10 a.m. I'm saying 10 a.m. Like, <laughs> oh, I was oh, going like, to say, I'm like, no, no, we're no, no, not going to no. make it to <laughs> 10, <laughs> no, no, Steve. No, no. <laughs> no. But like, it's like some kind of like, or 2, 2 p.m., you know, some like, there's, because I feel the same way. Like we get to like, 6.30 and bath time and like putting the kids down. And I'm like, I just want to go to bed. Like I'm, I'm, I'm spent. Well, and can I be really honest here? Maybe this is, this is too much information, but I think for us too, it's been an excuse. Whereas before we're not like big drinkers, but we would go out socially and have a glass of wine with our friends at dinner or whatever. Now it's like, and first of all, people are talking about it on Instagram, on everything. It's like, oh, what time do we start drinking or whatever? I realized, I'm like, why am I drinking so much wine? Like, why is that? I'm like getting to the end of the day and that's like the thing I'm looking forward to is like, can't wait for a glass of wine. I'm like, what? Like, how, how did we get to this? And then I realized that had kind of become in my mind. And look, let me first say, I don't think I have a a problem with alcohol. I, I do realize there's a difference. And for some people, it's not a laughing matter. And I don't want to like take it lightly. Um, but for me, what I just started realizing is it almost was like taking the place of what I think uh, relationships are supposed to be. So it was like a way for me to unwind and like I don't know how to explain it. I feel like over this last month, I've noticed a difference in feeling like that is, I don't know, I, maybe I don't have the the right words for it, but I, I realize that it's not good when I'm like, there's something in me like, and I'm not talking about getting drunk and drinking, but I mean, literally just the thought of like, oh, I can't wait to have a glass of wine at the end of the day. It was becoming an everyday thing where I started realizing, what is this taking the place of? 
why do I feel this? I don't know. I don't know if either, either. I mean, Sam doesn't even watch TV, so yeah. he's not gonna be able to help me with this one. <laughs> but I, but I think, I think we've had all of those unhealthy and healthy escapes and distractions taken from us. So, for instance, like I could be driving and be like, I'm, I'm gonna get a double double, <laughs> and in the back of my mind, I don't need a double double, but I love it. And in some ways, I could like tell myself a story. I was really good today. I deserve a double-double, right? And I think I think in some ways, we're not leaving the house. We're, we're, we're here. And I think a lot of my friends who, are, who have said a very similar thing, and there's been moments where I felt the same thing, where it's like, I got to the end of the day, and I didn't lose my mind on my kids. Or maybe only once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I like Y'all almost, ahead of me because I'll be losing my mind on uh, my kids. I'm like, Lord, help Jesus, help me. I don't, if you don't know how much, how often I pray, like, Lord, help me with these kids because I'm about to. <laughs> yeah. And, but I think, I think it's almost like this. I feel myself saying this, Sam. I'm not saying you're saying this. I feel like I say this often. I deserve this. Yeah. I deserve yeah. this. Like, I, I, I'm entitled to this. Which once I started to like interrogate that, I'm like, wait, wait, what? And it was just so amazing how easy it just started to kind of creep in. Like, yeah, I deserve this. I deserve a whole sleeve of thin mints. I mean, <laughs> I deserve I deserve them. I I deserve another glass of wine. I deserve because like I did hard good work today. And yet I realized, like you said, I was almost like taking energy from that instead of like giving that or making space for that with my spouse or even with God. I was missing that. And it's amazing. Like, and again, Keller language, like, I hope he loves this podcast, but like the <laughs> counterfeit, the counterfeit gods, you know, yeah. it just became this counterfeit and it's not bad, but what I was needing from it was something that that was not what that thing was created. It can't offer. It. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel, Steve, because I feel like I'm asking it to do something it's not capable of doing. Like, make me feel more love. Make me, like, even, even when it can, it can only do that for, you know, a few minutes. And then if you keep following that, then you have to have more and more. And it's never enough. And then you set yourself on a path that is not going to end when the quarantine ends. And one of my biggest fears is developing habits during this quarantine that then carry over that are not good habits that are me just being like, well, we're in the quarantine. So, you know, I need this or I need when you when you said something, Steve, right there, it just struck me when you said about I deserve this, because I think those aren't words because of the way I was raised that I would use. But those that's what I was thinking in my head and what I realized that I I've been doing and maybe this is just a me problem it's like I've been living like I I don't have an expectation of life being hard of days being hard Matt Chandler talks about like that as a as a parent you should be exhausted at the end of the day and I remember hearing that before I was a parent and being like, oh, <laughs> no, thank you. But now as a parent, I get it like emotionally, physically, like I want to give it all. I want to be all in. I want to get to the end of the day and be like, OK, <laughs> like, here we go again. Like, let's rest and value rest. But what what I realized when you were saying that is that, man, I've been living 
not in words, but in, in thought and attitude. Like I don't expect life to be hard. Life is hard. And even in just like the little mundane day-to-day stuff, like generations and generations. I mean, I'm, I'm reading the Bible from the beginning right now. I'm using the Dwell app, by the way, which is basically me being a child. They read it to me and I follow along. But it's been really helpful for me. I'm, I'm in Exodus right now. I'm still towards the beginning, guys. So I'll let you know when I get through Leviticus. But, um, but I'm reading... You know, I know the story of of Moses and I know the story of Joseph and I know like, but man, these people's lives were hard. They were so hard. And here I am being like, oh, my son said no to me today. I think I need a glass of wine. Like what? How soft have I gotten? Like how? And it, I want it to, maybe this sounds like a little a crass way of saying it, but I want it to piss me off that I'm taking these cheap substitutes for like what real peace and satisfaction could be. I hate that I've I've cheapened it by being like, oh, this will be enough. You know, when it's never gonna be enough, you're gonna be in the same spot the next day. And then now we've created a culture of it. I don't know if you guys feel this way, but it's certainly in the mom uh, space where it's like, mommy needs wine, mommy needs, and I'm like, what are we even talking about? Like, this is such a, and, and please don't hear me. I don't want, don't say, send your DMs to the home team podcast. Don't send them to me. I, I am not saying that there's anything wrong with, I, I like a glass of red wine and any of my close friends know that. It's not that I think this is some terrible thing. My issue is one, when we're not talking about why, and two, when, when it starts to replace some of the pain that we should feel, or should I speak for myself, that I should feel, like at the end of the day, maybe I need to have a hard conversation with someone, or maybe I need to just sit down face-to-face with my husband and like let there be some awkward moments or let there... And again, it's not to say that I should never do that. I just... I don't know. I know I'm rambling here, but I'm still processing this all in real time. Um, so every week's the start of this week. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> Today's Monday. So is today Monday? I don't even know. Tuesday. There, no, Monday. Is it my Guys, help me. Gosh. Like for me, what I think about, Sam, as you're talking about this, like for me, it just keeps on going back to sacrifice. So not a big wine drinker, but for me, my thing that I of go to is- Of course not. So, yeah, no like, television, <laughs> no movies. He only drinks milk and does push-ups, people. <laughs> Protein shakes. Protein. <laughs> no, but for me, like the thing I'll go to is social media. I'll go to social media. So it's like, okay, let me just, you know, sometimes I'm posting, but oftentimes towards the end of the night, it's like, let me just scroll through Instagram, scroll through Twitter, get some laughs in, look at some people's content. And just do my thing, especially Sundays, because we have our, you know, go through the week, weekend, not as much teaching going on, we're mainly playing, hanging out, we might, we'll do our church thing on Sunday morning. And then so, but before Monday, it's like, let me just, you know, it's, today is Monday, we're recording on a Monday, yesterday, yesterday, we got the kids down, like there was some, it was almost like, I don't want to call it a withdrawal, but like a hard conversation of like, okay, I know I need time with my spouse. I know that, period. But I also just want to sit on social media for a couple hours and just waste time, number one. Number two, I also know that in the morning, I got some responsibilities. I got some, whether for me, it's it's workouts, it's Zoom calls for some people I got to do some stuff with. Like I have responsibilities early in the morning. 
So I know that going to sleep on time is going to probably benefit me in the morning. And even, even, even with time with the Lord, like for me, the best time I'm having with the Lord is in the morning. But it's like, I really don't want to do that right now. I don't want to go to sleep right now. My wife was like, hey, I'm going to go to sleep. Ah, you're good. I, I don't want to go to sleep right now. I just want to sit on social media. I just want to, I just want, you know what I mean? I just want to do that. And it was almost, I straight up was praying about it. Like, God, what is my deal? Because all I want to do right now is just waste time, waste it. And I, it was almost as if the Lord was like, whatever you do, just don't waste this time. I don't care what you do, just don't waste this time. Because what, was, what, would, have, what would have happened would have been, I would have stayed up late, would have tried to get up early, would have been groggy in the morning, miss out on time with the Lord, groggy in my workouts, short with my wife, short with my kids. And so for the first time in a long time, and also I'll add this, um, Sam gets on my head about this, like Sundays are usually like emotional days for me. Um, don't ask me why. Maybe it's a football thing or maybe it's just like a, 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 a free agency thing. But like Sundays, usually it's like, man, what is going on? You know? And so, but yesterday I was like, let me just zip through this day and let me just get by and I'll be fine. Right. I, just, I think there's just stuff I didn't, I don't or didn't want to address. And it was almost as if the Lord was like, dude, whatever you do, just don't waste this time. I don't care if you pray. I don't care if you read the Bible. I don't care if you go sleep. Just don't wait. Go work on some projects. Don't waste this time. And it was the hardest thing for me to sacrifice because for me, my reward is let me just chill for a little bit. Social media, boom, 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 boom. Ten minutes turns into two hours and and now I'm like, it's like midnight. I'm like, all right, let me go to sleep. But making that sacrifice yesterday for the first time in a long time, first time I can really remember, to be honest, like I felt great today. I felt amazing today. I got up super early. I got a chance to actually like read the Bible because as my as the pastor of the Acho household home church. Usually I'm preparing these great sermons. And yesterday I didn't even prepare a sermon. I had the kids do the sermon. I was like, y'all got it, man. Let's read about Saul and his conversion. And I, but I really felt, felt like God was like, hey, dude, like stop trying to prepare sermons and just spend time with me. Just spend time with me. Like I, forget a sermon. Forget trying to lead and te- lead your wife and whatever. Just spend time with me and I will take care of the rest. Your sermon will come from there. And so I finally got a chance to do that, but it came after that sacrifice of Sunday night. That Sunday night sacrifice, which I and I didn't even know how I was going to do it, because like, because I like I said, usually it's just my routine, and then and then that'll be missed out time with my wife, waking up, start the week off bad, and I finally I'll just use the term said yes to whatever God was kind of leading me to, which was anything but two or three hours on social media, and today ended up being a great day. So for me, sometimes it's it's just that sacrifice of saying, you know what, I may think I quote unquote deserve thing X, be it wine. Or just vegging out on YouTube or social media, or just a, a whole pack of. For me, it's Ritz crackers. Like I eat one or two sometimes. Just the packets, sleeves. Um, y'all think I'm playing, man? I'm so serious. And I had one you last are so night. pure, Sam. So pure. He's like sometimes I veg out on Ritz crackers. <laughs> it's NFL life, man. Hard knocks. The truth. Oh I'm just saying, gosh. man. Sacrifice. It's all trying Sacrifice. to say, people. Sacrifice. Yeah. So I love this though. Like in in a real serious like thinking about the Chandler quote. Like we should be exhausted. So Sarah and I do a walk today. Um, I always have to be quiet when I say the word walk because my dog hears it and gets super excited and just starts like scratching at our door. Um, but uh, like I'm walking and I see these three kids and they're at this park and they are they're just training. And they're doing like full on wide receiver drills. And it's it's three siblings and it's awesome. And I, I say what's up to them. And then I just say to them, like, 
hey, well done, guys. Practice can't be canceled. You know, way to go. Way to put the work in. And they're like, yeah, thanks. You know, and, and then they just keep working. And I think about that as you remember, you come home from a hard practice. And then it's like, you kind of go into this phase of replenishment, some form of like, what are you putting into your body to help replenish you, to help get your muscles ready? But if you don't take care of that, then you're going to feel it the next day. And sometimes you don't even feel it the next day. You feel it two days later, right? I, I often think, Sam, what you're talking about is in those moments when I make a decision out of an, a place of entitlement or I deserve this and I don't choose sacrifice, I don't choose to sacrifice what I feel tempted to, what my broken self wants, what my... I just hunger for thin mints. Like, you know, like, like I, when, I, when I can't sacrifice that, I often don't feel it the next morning. I feel it like two or three days later because I'm like, I can push through the next day. But then I'm like, I get, like you said, I get groggy the next morning. And then like, I get slower there and I don't, and then I just feel like I can't catch my breath. And three days later, I just feel so disconnected. But that's what's so dumb about it, right? Like, let's just be honest. We, we, in an effort to feel better, we punish ourselves. It doesn't matter if it's alcohol or social media or whatever. Like, have you ever scrolled on social media for an hour and then been like, wow, I feel replenished. (laughs) I'm ready to take on whatever. Like, no, I'm like, wow, I am fat and I don't own nearly enough stuff. (laughs) I'm just being honest. Okay. Like, and maybe that tells you too much about the stuff that I follow. I'm just saying, generally speaking, the things that I've been choosing to quote unquote relax, even if it is just laying on the couch and watching TV, it never actually relaxes me. Like you get that sensation when you first lay down, but I almost think it's like um, when you eat unhealthy food, like the first bite is great, but by like the 37th bite, you're like, this this was a bad choice. (laughs) Yes. And that's how I feel with so many of my choices right now is I think I'm doing something that is a reward, but really I'm punishing myself. And then if you think about the opposite, like you just said, Steve, the concept of sacrificing, if you follow that to its logical end, we're only sacrificing for what we actually want. Like we want to be healthy. We want to be, you know, energetic and good parents. So to you know, wear yourself out in the day, even just mentally or spiritually in an effort to train up your kids and teach them. At the time, we're like, oh, this is sacrifice. But what do we really want? Well, we want to give our all as parents and be able to say when they leave our house, like, I gave it everything I had, right? So the concept of sacrifice is such a, it's such a short-term sacrifice, right? It's like, it's, it's just in the now, but it's really for what we ultimately want. I just, for some reason, and maybe this is just a me problem, I forget, <laughs> you know, like I just forget during the day. I have these moments where I'm like, someone take them away, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. take the children. And that's not really what I want. It's just, you know, trying to take every thought captive, trying to control your feelings and emotions and like rein that in. And I guess that's why we need saving and help. Yeah. Well, and, and Sam, I think every time I start to feel that, which obviously is, it's been more, um, in the, in this past, like 
five weeks, I just keep asking myself and getting really, really curious, what was going on three days before? Like, just because I know it's, this is not what I want. Like, I want to, I want to be in the game with my kids. Like, I want to, I want to train them up. And why am I, I don't take plays off. Why am I taking a play off? Like, why, what, that's not me. So what's really happening? I think that the other piece is, I think something is happening in, in culture right now, and I think this has been going on for multiple generations, but where parents find their identity in their kids, in what their kids can produce on the field, what their kids can do in the classroom. Um, now there's, there's none of that. So even what we've been able to get as a, and, and you guys have younger kids, but I mean like, I think for parents whose kids basketball season just got canceled. Oh my goodness. Like, I don't, I don't know how to actually like have a relationship with my son or my daughter. I just know how to receive and get something from their performance on the court. I think that there are parents right now that are like recognizing how they have profited off their kids success for their own shaping and building of their identity without ever really knowing their kids. And this is the time where I think some of those, it is a shaking. And, you know, for a lot of parents are like, I'm actually getting to know my kid minus a ball in their hand, minus a valedictorian speech, minus a prom that she's getting dressed up for, minus all of these situations, I'm having to sit in their grief and in their unknown and just see them. Because what can you brag on right now? Exactly. Nothing materialistic, nothing, you know, in terms of like accomplishment. I mean, what are you going to say? Like they put on pants for their Zoom today? Like, I mean, realistically, though, there's nothing to fill that space. Right. It's like all our idols are being taken away. And if they're not being taken away, they're being brought to the forefront. So, I mean, Sam, we talked about it. people, people who, I mean, you're keenly aware it's like, yeah, a glass of wine, no big deal. But some people, it's like, they just, it's just like, it is what it is. This is what I'm doing. I'm sorry, this is my thing. Other people, it's my kids. Man, my, my child is my, you won't say it, but it's like you take your glory from your child, whether the grades or on the gridiron. That's where you get your glory. I think a lot of us are being met with and almost slowed down with these decisions of who are we going to pledge our allegiance to now? Because I can't pledge it to my child. I can't put, I mean, I have, I, I mean, literally like there are conversations where I'm like, all right, God, like he's yours. Talking about my oldest boy, like God, he's yours. Cause I'm like, he drives me nuts so many times and it's not even over things about him. It's really about me. And I'm like, you know what? And I have to like remind myself, okay, he's not mine, God, he is yours. So whether it's, he looks like a fool right now, whether he is brilliant, he's yours. And then even with my daughter, she, you know, she's the only girl and she'll be amazing, but she cries when she doesn't get my attention. You know, and I so often want to just run and be like, no, it's going to be okay. Let me do whatever you want. And it's like, no, 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 no. She's yours. So I'm not here to be the hero of the story. Like, God is the hero of the story. And so for me, I think, because Sam, you brought up this, this issue of, like, why do we do the things that we know don't and won't benefit us? Or why are we almost caught off guard? For me, I don't think any of us are caught off guard by it. I think we know, at least I know, that staying up till... 12 and 1 a.m. and not talking to my wife 
that night is is not going to benefit me for the next day or the next day or the next day. I know that getting really short and yelling at my child is not going to benefit me then or later. I know that missing out on the moments where they're growing and being able to celebrate them or even teach them, I know that just being passive or dismissive isn't beneficial. But for me, it's not even like sometimes it, it, it'll like fly by like, oh man, I didn't realize I missed that. But a majority of the time, I am making a conscious decision to do the ulterior to what I know is going to be beneficial because I think it's going to help me temporarily. Excuse me. I know it's going to help me temporarily and I know it's not going to benefit him in the long run. Like I know like, man, if I just read my Bible today, you know what I mean? Like that's going to be good. I know if I go to sleep on time and wake up, that's going to help me. I know if I spend time, put my phone down and spend time with my, with my spouse, that's going to be great for our marriage. I know if I stop thinking about me and think about her, that's probably going to help out everything in our marriage. But instead, I do what I want to do. And, you know, it's funny. We had a coach. We had a coach in college. He, his name was Will Muschamp. And I'll never forget it. He, you know, he, he said, right now we were going through our, our, you know, spring practice. So spring practice, guys are, you know, trying to show off and do their own thing and look good in front of the coaches. And he said, he said right now, you're doing what you want to do. He said, come training camp and come the season when it's when it's decided who plays and who doesn't, I'm going to do what I want to do. And so it's one of those things where it's like, all right, it's like the body keeps the score. Hey, Sam and Steve and Sam and anybody listening, right now you're doing what you want to do. And that's great, right? But come Monday, come Tuesday, come the end of the week, I'm going to do what I want to do, whether it's your body not feeling the way it needs to feel, whether it's your marriage not going like successful marriages don't happen by accident. You listen to Steve map out these themes. I thought he was about to talk about uh, uh, the last dance, right? Phil Jackson's theme of the season. Like you, you hear him mapping out like these themes, right? 45 minute walk every morning, every morning without fail, right? For me, I know my wife loves having a schedule. I'm like the most, hey, we'll do whatever, whenever, who cares? My wife, her big thing is a schedule. So for me, I'm like, okay, cool. I need to get on her schedule because I know if I mess things up on her schedule, it doesn't really help our marriage very well. Our time is now, we have to sacrifice our time. And so, uh, and Sam, you've been married for, for six, seven years. Like it's not by accident. Yeah, there's ups and downs and lulls and all these things, but you and Christian, you'll have to make sacrifices. So anybody that thinks that life and marriage and parenting and following Jesus and whatever you do in work is supposed to be easy is you've got it wrong. It's supposed to be hard. You're supposed to be, like Sam said, you're supposed to be exhausted. You know, but I just think there's this book, a uh, devotional by a lady named Sarah Young. It's called Jesus Calling. And I go to that like anytime I'm exhausted or stressed out, which has been often. And it's the one thing it reminded me of was like, hey, dude, like, like you need to rely on God. Life is not supposed to be easy. Like, so you need, to, you need to be praying often. God's only going to give you enough energy for the day. So as you worry about tomorrow, we've had some uh, some scares with my wife, just some health stuff, um, not COVID-related, but it ends up being COVID-related because you can't get to a hospital now because of, because of COVID. We've had some, like, major scares and major issues and thinking, like, man, what is going on? And God, are you going to be able to, to provide? And we've continually seen him provide time and time, even this morning. Like, there was something where we were like, man, are we going to have, is Mark going to have to go have a surgery and this and that? And like, we were praying, like, God, like, just help us. You know, and he showed up this morning. It was like, hey, it wasn't as bad as we thought. There might be a different uh, solution that we have. And it's almost these things of like, hey, Sam, Ngazi, I didn't want y'all worrying about tomorrow's doctor's appointment. Don't worry about that today. Just worry about today, today, and we'll tackle tomorrow, tomorrow. 
And so for me, it's almost be reminded of, hey, like, you know what? God is on the throne. At the end of the day, he's going to do what he wants to do. So the sooner I get on board with his plan, the better off it's going to be for me. And the, the, the more I stay off course and do what I want to do, it's eventually going to catch up. And that's not, that's not one of these like karma, like, you know what I mean, an eye for an eye kind of thing. It's just human nature, right? You can't eat junk food every day and expect to be in great shape. You can't not, I mean, Steve, you talked about a couple episodes ago, the COVID-15, right? There's a reason, reason that freshmen, when they get to college, usually gain 15 pounds. I'm going to do what I want to do. And your body's like, all right, cool. Let me do what I want to do. <laughs> I think this is such an important conversation. Ponder, I think you, you, you do always a great job of just like summing things up. And I think like for the listeners, I hope that they're able to hear the difference between instant reward versus replenishment for, for better. And I think about that, like what are, we all have those areas that we are going to run to that are those counterfeits that are going to take the place of intimacy with God and intimacy with our spouse. And if people could identify that and, and then really ask themselves if it's that or more connection with our spouse or with God, which one do I want? Really, like, which one do I want? And that's when the sacrifice comes in to say, like Sam Acha was saying, it's like, man, if you're going to say this, then you're going to sacrifice a better, deeper, more honest connect with your spouse for that. And then all of a sudden, like, once you start looking at it, you're like, I don't want that. I don't want that. Like, I, I want that. And so I think for me, just even hearing both of you kind of, like, share from that, I recognize, like, gosh, I got to recognize for myself what are key pieces that are going to be healthy replenishment for me, and when does that happen? What are key pieces of replenishment for Sarah and me, and how am I so conscious of my own brokenness that's going to want to run to instant rewards rather than fighting for the right and the hard and the more beautiful thing? It's so empowering, at least I've experienced this, especially recently, to name it. Yes. Right? To name what these things are, the mindless scrolling, the thinking you need a drink, the comparing Ritz your life crackers. to other people, the Ritz crackers. I mean, that is a struggle. I don't know how you manage. Um, but for me, like being able to name what that is, is I am trading this for this. And once I'm able to call that out in myself, like I'm a fool, but I'm not that much of a fool to still, because I feel like I'm in a, a place in my faith too, where um, the areas where I see my own sin are areas where I haven't called it out. Once I call it out, I, I am not that level of disobedient at this point phase right now, if I say it, if I name it, be like, okay, are you going to choose X instead of this? And I'm like, okay, I guess not, <laughs> you know? But if I don't name it, then it's that insidious, like, well, it's not really that, you know, that like voice in your head that that can come up with a million excuses or have find people. I know I do this, find people that are somewhat similar in their beliefs that that say, oh, these things are fine. Like I know for me, someone that struggles with discipline sometimes, or maybe all the time, um, right now, the voices I've loved are the people that are like, 
you don't need to worry about, you know, sticking to this plan. Like, give yourself some grace. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I do need to give myself some grace. And look, for some people, maybe that's what they need because they err two side on the the legalistic, super disciplined side. For me, I need routine right now. I need discipline. I need to be reminded that every choice I'm making right now is not made in a vacuum. Like this, this is a choice for the rest of my life in a lot of ways. And I'm I'm building this person I'm gonna be. I, I, I'm really glad you said that, Steve. I think the thing that I took away from all of this is the most simplistic, and I don't know why my brain works this way, but um, sometimes I just need these really simple reminders. The issue in all of this, what we started with, with Sam and the the video thing with Ngazi and um, Steve, some of the stuff you were talking about and the stuff I was talking about in my marriage, the issue, the key issue with our kids, with everything is selfishness, right? It's us looking out for us. And I think we're being confronted with that. At least I'll speak for myself. I'm being confronted with that in this quarantine situation more than I ever have in my life. It is so glaringly obvious when I'm choosing or thinking of myself throughout the day. I can see it evidenced in a ton of different ways. And then Steve, the other thing that I took away from this is again, obvious, but like, and Sam, you said this too, like there's a hero and it's not me. <laughs> you know, like I need to stop thinking that I can come up like, yes, I want to practically make good choices, but that I can create some perfect existence in my marriage or a perfect existence as a parent. Like, no, there is a savior. There is a hero and it's not me. So if I can just call that out and remind myself of that, um, I feel like that's kind of the, the point of all of this. At least um, I'm trying to know deep down that that is the point. That's so good. I'm going to end this, but I want to, I want to just say two things. One is when you just drop the, I trade X for this, I always have referred to that. And I don't mean to take a shot at the Texas Longhorns, but I'm going to is, uh, the Ricky Williams factor, right? Because the saints traded their future for a number of years for what looked good. And Ricky was good. Ricky was really good. But they didn't look at everything. They didn't look, they didn't look at the future. And I, I just think in some ways I do that in my own faith journey. And I just think hearing all of that, that selfishness word, I just think of like Philippians 2 where Paul just writes like, in every relationship, have the same mindset as Christ. And just talks about valuing others above yourselves. And I think at the end of the day, I realize how much I get in my own way from doing that. And I just think that selfishness piece, such a good word, and the sacrifice, such a good word. Um, hopefully us being a little raw and open and honest, you, uh, you know that we are all still works in progress. We love our spouses, we love our families, and we love you. So thanks for tuning in to the Home Team Podcast, and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Home Team Podcast. I hope today's episode spoke to you. Please reach out to us on Twitter at Home Team Pod or on Instagram at Home Team underscore pod. We love, love, love interacting with you. And 
If you subscribe, leave a review, let us know how we're doing. But we hope you have a great, great week and we'll see you next week. Take care. Grace and peace. Peace.